We're asking some tough questions today. Are we wasting our money on space? Do we have enough issues to deal with here on Earth? What are the top five things we've gained from space exploration? And in the end, is it worth it? All of that coming up on the next episode of Astro Chats. Welcome to Astro Chats, a podcast dedicated to getting people back into space, both interest-wise and literally. My name is Justin, and I'll be your host today. Now, in previous episodes, we've spent some time taking a look at some of the coolest upcoming developments in the commercial space race, NASA's Artemis program, and the Mars 2020 mission. But today, we're doing something a little different. We're looking at the value gained by our history in space exploration. Space programs, like NASA, are often regarded as symbols of national pride. But is national pride enough? Up until recently, a lot of space exploration was publicly funded by agencies such as NASA, the Canadian Space Agency, JAXA, and more. It's important to be reflective about the cost-to-benefit ratios of any project, especially when public dollars are involved. So today, we're taking a look at the top five things we've gained from space. Before we get started, let's set the stage with some context. A hearing before the Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation at the United States Senate back in 2009 sought to examine the value of NASA projects in what they called the case for space. At the time, NASA accounted for less than 1% of the total U.S. federal budget, which is probably a lot less than you'd think, and the space shuttles were still flying during that time. The report states that the fact that the average American assumes that NASA takes up more of the federal budget is a testament to the value of what they're able to come up with with their comparatively small resources. A report by the International Space Exploration Coordination Group breaks down the benefits of space into two distinct categories, direct versus indirect benefits. While research reports have extensively researched the indirect slash intangible benefits of space exploration, including an overall increased understanding of our place in the universe, and that's fantastic, we'll be focusing on tangible applications today because it's a great starting point that's a little less abstract. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of a spoiler alert. Many of the benefits we'll be talking about today are what NASA likes to call spin-offs, and this means that these are applications of space technologies beyond their original intended purpose. But you might be thinking, if we want to improve things, why don't we just invest directly in them instead of waiting for new space tech to come along? Well, here's a very relevant quote from astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. Now he says, it just doesn't work that way. Let's say you are a thermodynamicist, the world's expert on heat, and I ask you to build me a better oven. You might invent a convection oven, or an oven that's more insulated, or that permits easier access to its contents, but no matter how much money I give you, you will not invent a microwave oven, because that came from another place. It came from investments in communications, in radar. The microwave oven is traceable to the war effort, not to a thermodynamicist. So with that in mind, let's look at some more concrete answers. Here we go, the top five things we've gained from space. Now, where would we even start with a list like this? Ranking these technologies that have saved the most lives? Made the most money? To compare these gains would be like comparing apples and oranges, so I'll be presenting them in chronological order, from the Gemini Apollo era, the Space Shuttle era, to developments aboard the International Space Station. Ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Number one, food safety standards. Dating all the way back to the Gemini program in the mid-1960s, NASA was looking for ways to ensure that their food was stable and, more importantly, safe for their astronauts. There weren't a lot of refrigeration capabilities in these pioneering spacecrafts. Well, new problems required new solutions, which forced NASA to innovate. As part of the Gemini program, NASA developed a series of standards and regulatory processes to ensure that their astronaut food was both safe and stable. Now, what does this mean for you? Well, after the Gemini program, the Food and Drug Administration, also known as the FDA, 
lifted these NASA standards and implemented them into their own policies, creating processes that improved the safety of our food for decades to come. Now, luckily, we're still not eating Gemini astronaut food, though. I hear that stuff is pretty terrible. Number two, higher education. Could the level of educated Americans directly correlate to the presence of a space program? Survey says, yes. Between 1961 and 72, when John F. Kennedy initiated the Apollo program, PhDs in physical sciences, engineering, and mathematical sciences increased from as low as 500 new degrees in a particular field a year to as many as 4,500 degrees a year at its peak. From the initiation of the Apollo program, the uptake in pursuing higher education steadily increased on average in every following year. Fascinatingly, the number of people getting PhDs began to steadily decline after Apollo 17, which marked the last human mission to the moon. That Case for Space report I mentioned earlier goes as far to say that NASA in the 1960s and 70s inspired people like Sir Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk to pursue their current endeavors, and this report was 11 years ago. While tracking the direct cause and effect is a little more murky than the PhD data, who would have thought about the impacts that these three would have on the modern space industry? Number 3. Airport and Highway Safety During the late stages of the Apollo program, NASA was investigating ways to prevent hydroplaning on runways. As a quick recap, hydroplaning is the specific instance when a vehicle loses traction with the ground when it's traveling over water. You might have experienced it on the road or learned about it in driver's ed. It's super scary. NASA's solution to prevent hydroplaning was to cut a bunch of thin grooves in their runways. These grooves created channels for excess water to drain. Turns out, the solution improved aircraft tire performance in wet conditions by 200 to 300 percent. Since its invention, this groove technique has been applied on highway curves, overpasses, pedestrian walkways, and even staircases. In fact, this technology's use on the highways has contributed to an 85 percent reduction in highway accidents, which is crazy. It is regarded as one of NASA's most successful technologies in saving lives and injuries, and understandably so. This runway groove research was continued into the space shuttle era due to unique landing requirements of the shuttle orbiters. Conveniently, we're about to shift gears and talk about the shuttle era. Roger roll, Discovery. Number four, artificial hearts. Yes, you heard that right. Now, if you're scratching your head trying to figure out whether you know any astronauts with artificial hearts, don't worry, I was in the same boat. Turns out, NASA didn't seek out to develop artificial hearts at all. However, they did develop a really solid liquid pump that was used aboard the space shuttle. Do you see where we're going here? This liquid pump was initially massive. However, it was miniaturized into a four ounce object that could be implanted in people. Now, this original spin-off technology was developed as a temporary solution for individuals waiting for heart transplants. However, with new investments from the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institution, efforts are being made to further develop this technology into a potential full-time replacement for hearts in the future. How cool! The demands of space exploration require really well-built parts that have multiple fail-safes, just like medical technologies. So you can see how space and medical industries often overlap. Number 5. Better Cancer Treatments The space shuttles brought with it a new era of orbital laboratories, and eventually the International Space Station. The rotating wall bioreactor was originally designed to stimulate cell growth under conditions that mimicked reduced gravity and protect cell experiments from the immense forces of launching and landing a spacecraft. This technology is now used on Earth as a way to grow cells three-dimensionally. For reference, devices like petri dishes are considered two-dimensional cell growth methods. Turns out, growing cells in three dimensions better simulates the way tumor cells grow in the human body, and in this particular style of bioreactor, the cells grow faster and stronger. 
This is applied as a more realistic stimulation for chemotherapy treatment. The bioreactor can grow stronger cancer cells than those found in petri dishes. By creating stronger cancer cells, scientists can develop solutions that they are more confident in knowing will work on humans. So that's the AstroChats list of the top 5 things that we've gained from space. And there are a lot of other noteworthy spin-offs that didn't even make the cut, like GPS, vaccine developments, to even Roombas. But wait, we haven't talked about Mars yet. Okay, let's take a moment to look towards the future. How does Mars play into all of this? Well, we know that by observing many of the geological features on Mars that there is significant evidence of ancient flowing liquids. We can see the remains of streams, river valleys, and even deltas. National Geographic notes that these observations suggest that Mars might have been previously host to a massive ocean, but what happened to it? Why does this alien world that was previously like our planet Earth look the way it does today? By exploring Mars, we have opportunities to learn about our home planet's past, present, and even future. Speaking of the future, NASA predicts that their future technologies will provide advancements in the fields of air quality control, medical monitoring, smaller textiles, transportation, and more. But bringing it back to what Neil deGrasse Tyson said, new problems require new solutions. They force us to innovate. Space is one of the harshest environments out there, and developing solutions for these harsh environments often ends up improving life here on Earth through spin-off technologies. However, there's always room for improvement. Let's briefly talk about the costs. The National Academies Press conducted an audit in 2010 of some of the key financial issues that plague space missions. Interestingly, but not surprisingly, one of the largest cost factors stemmed from not research experiments, but the rockets themselves. Luckily, the cost of launching things to space is coming down significantly, especially with the advent of reusable rockets like we've seen used by SpaceX. Christopher Colaris, Director of Vehicle Integration at SpaceX, notes that by reusing their Falcon 9 rocket, they can bring down the launch costs to about $28 million per launch. Now, this might seem like a whole lot of money, but keep in mind, this is fractions of what was put into the Apollo program. The Planetary Society calculated that for most of the Apollo program, the United States was putting over $1 billion in per Saturn V, adjusted for inflation, of course. But back to the main topic of discussion. Some argue that these direct technological spin-offs are short-term. Maybe we're looking at it all the wrong way. Maybe it is the indirect slash intangible effects of space exploration that we need to be looking into. Space psychologist Philip Harris explains that when the first views of our planet Earth were released, rising over the moon during those famous Apollo missions, it totally made us rethink our existence. Everything we've ever known confined to that small blue marble in the sky. This shifted the way we perceived ourselves, and this led to the formation of Environment Canada, the US Environmental Protection Agency, and even Greenpeace, all within two years of those NASA photos being published. So is the true value in the intangible? I guess that's a discussion for another time. In conclusion, when justifying a space mission, one can look at a cost-benefit analysis. If the cost is greater than the benefits, we probably shouldn't be pursuing them, right? However, based on some of the things that we've talked about today, you might agree that the true benefits of space lie far beyond the constraints of the success of a singular mission, and should be accounted for when investing in the projects of the future. So that's your food for thought for the day. Maybe think about it next time you're eating an FDA-approved meal, or driving down the highway in the rain. You can look at the skies and say, Thank you, space. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. This is Astro Chats, signing off.